Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. Friday, everybody. Thank you for joining us in studio. I am going to be on the road. I just learned that today coming up next week, and it's something that we can all take part in, and uh, it is something in which you can win stuff on the road coming up next week. I'll tell you about that a little bit later on. Uh, we got a busy show for you, too. I want to give a lot of respect to boys' high school basketball sectional semifinals throughout the state of Indiana later on tonight. Of course, Bob Lovell brought to you by your 14 Central Indiana Car X locations run by Joe Childers and Bob joins us coming up at the bottom of the hour. We will get into that, that, and then what might be coming up tomorrow night. I, I think Noblesville tonight. If you're you're headed there, you better already have your tickets because I believe that it's sold out tonight. If uh, if I had the information accurately, right there. But it is going to be a fantastic night of high school basketball. We shall discuss that. Pacers on the road. That's the second of a home-and-home. It is in New Orleans coming up later on tonight at 8 o'clock. 7.30, your coverage begins right here on The Fan. We will talk about that as well. That matchup round number two with uh, round one on Wednesday. Going to the Pacers and what I told you yesterday, I thought was as professional of a win as you're going to find. And it's weird because it's sandwich. You have, to me, the most impressive win of the season on Sunday. One of the more disappointing losses of the season on Monday, which there are more than a handful of. And then on Wednesday, I thought it was a very professional win. Just all the way through. We'll see how they look against the Pelicans on the road coming up tonight. Again, that tip time is at 8 o'clock. A lot of basketball to get to. Boilermakers back at it coming up tomorrow night at home versus Michigan State. Got uh, Indiana State, as I mentioned yesterday. Indiana State on Sunday versus Murray State. Got IU on the road at Maryland. Voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher, is going to join us coming up in the 5 o'clock hour to discuss that. I I will say this. I, to me, it's not a big deal. Other than I wish. like You know who I want in this draft? And I've been pretty clear. I think rebooting another Harrison, Marvin Harrison Jr. would be outstanding. And if you listen to Mike Chappell and I have this discussion yesterday, I realize the way that it stands right now, there's not a chance in hell they can get that done. Because then we start talking about cost. And for whatever reason, you save, you save, and you save, and then... The first time anybody brings up cost, everybody like runs away from it. Like it's a box of crackers at Kroger. Well, wait a minute, 429, I got to get the hell out of Dodge. I've saved, but I got to get out of here. So you know where I stand right there. You know where I stand at the position with the Colts, and you know where certainly I stand with how I feel about Marvin Harrison Jr. I See, this is what happens during the combine. This is what happens uh, once you get towards the draft, we'll have a lot more of this. To me, Marvin Harrison Jr. is the best, and I would take that 
tomorrow. But now you're going to start getting other names that are going to start overriding it. Hey, you know what? This guy's a little bit better. And of course, around here, we end up talking about the value, the depth of a draft at a position and what Chris Ballard can get, and then also get another very important draft pick. And I think we're to a point now going into year number eight where that makes us all just a little bit nauseous to hear, and we really don't want to hear it. So to me, if you were able to ever go for it, it'd be great. I'd love to see him go for it. You can make the argument that they've gone for it at the quarterback position a number of times, and with a healthy swing and a miss, like a Rob Deere swing and a miss. Just whiff. And I loved Rob Deere. You can certainly make that accurate argument. But this is what I love about today at the Combine. And we talked to Mike Chappell about it yesterday. We were kind of in jest. He had mentioned <laughs> he had mentioned that he had to get up really early and be downtown at 830. And, and Marvin Harrison Jr. met with the media then. Well, if Marvin Harrison Jr. wasn't there. Marvin Harrison Jr. wasn't there, at least as of the last hour I saw this with Pro Football Talk, uh, that he wasn't there, that Chris Carter had, that he was going through medicals, told everybody to relax, and then others, obviously, as as writers and people that do what I do, for the most part, you, you kind of got to crap your pants on a lot of things. I don't know if I ever go to the level of crapping my pants. Maybe, maybe I complain about so much stuff to where I don't even notice the crapping any longer. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's me. But I don't think I sit here every single day and, like, a lot of people say, oh, your sky is falling. Now, nah, listen, I don't want it to fall. And I want to put the situations around here sports-wise in the best possible position because I live in it. You live in it. And it does affect, as a sports fan, with that favorite team, with that school, with that you know professional team here, with your hometown squad, a lot of your attitude and personality rides with it. It just is the way that it is. I mean, maybe to some that it's weird, but I mean, hell, it shouldn't be weird to those that may not like sports. You do the same thing with news and politics. I mean, it ruins your day. I mean, hell, I just told you how much a box of crackers were. That'll ruin your day. So we've had our days ruined most often around here. And I think sometimes when you have to be critical of a situation here or there, then the attitude or the perceived attitude that you believe that I have kind of gets swept up in that. There is nobody that wants you to be more happy than me. And I've said this all along. We get better numbers, right? You listen more frequently and longer when you hear good things about your team. This is not Philadelphia. You're not all ready to pull down your pants and crap all over everything. It's not Boston. Oh, we got to crap on this. Not New York. Got to crap on something. Around here, it's okay to spit the truth. But at some point in time, when there is just overwhelming criticism you guys at least for the 19 years i've been doing this at some point you guys will check out and i don't want you checking out nobody around here wants you checking out so i like to mix in the good i I will dig for the good but mostly what you get as a result is what you watch that's how you perceive it that's how you define it as good or not a win or a loss And there has been a lot of losing around here on nearly every level. Face it, we need a terrific story. 
So if I'm constantly chasing that terrific story, I will tell you that right now the way that it stands, you have number 15, and you got to get all the way up to what inside eight is what they're saying. Well, inside eight, I would think. I would say first wide receiver off the board. But I just think that he would be perfect for this team. I mean, hell, he'd be perfect anywhere playing that position. What the hell am I talking about? Perfect anywhere. He runs down the field. He catches everything you throw to him. He is a legacy that, think about what he is going to have to accomplish to be better than his dad. Think about how incredibly high that bar is. But I believe, I believe he's as legit. Like last year, people will look at the school and say, well, it's Ohio State and oftentimes things are overblown. Remember? How many people last year blew me blank about that and and C.J. Stroud? Well, no quarterback out of Ohio State's ever any good. They're always overrated. And, yeah, I didn't hear about that anymore, right, because the Crow Eaters didn't say anything about it. And nothing said. They kind of went away. Poof and went away. Oh, weird. Okay, so he is really good. But I had a great deal of belief in him last year, and I have a great deal of belief in Marvin Harrison Jr., I can sit here and tell you if he missed a meeting with the media, I don't care. I don't care. Now, I'm not suggesting. I know these guys are on a timeline. They're on much different timelines. I I respect what everybody does. I'm not a jackass about it because I don't expect, and you know me, I'm not going to be a jackass about somebody else unless they're a jackass about me. So... You know, I'll qualify it by saying I'm sure their time is precious. Uh, my time sometimes is precious. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes I'm just jacking around watching emergency, right? Sometimes I'm just messing around. I'm just, fill, I'm just filling some spots. But I know that you have a difference in what we do in covering sports as what time is precious and sensitive and what isn't. So you go down there and you want to get the gist for your next story, and then he doesn't show up. And then you have everybody losing their mind. And then you start getting this. And and it's funny. I hope this happens. I don't think there's a chance in hell that it happens. It's like everybody going overboard that there's no way you can draft this guy. He's got to go outside the top eight now because he can't be trusted. That's problematic. Look how he's handling the look how he's handling the combine altogether. The same has been said about Caleb Williams. Like, I don't care about this. I don't care. It's not because it's the combine and I sat down there on Wednesday with my thumb up my rear. I just don't I don't care about this. I care about how this player or that player equates to the team that we follow that drafts him. And I can tell you this right now, if all these teams want to go ahead and dump on him or red flag him and let him move down the draft board because of that, you guys are all stinking crazy. Let me tell you this. If there is any group, any group or individuals that in a room believe that they're the smartest ever invented and in a room think that they can outthink everybody else. And by the way, everybody else thinks the same thing about them as they do about everybody else. It's NFL executives. 
They all think with whatever doing, they're inventing the wheel or reinventing the wheel, inventing their own wheel. That's just the way that it is. I think that is kind of like a prerequisite to get that job. All right. Do you think you're the smartest person in the room in whatever room you walk into? Okay, then. That's like question number one on our Q&A session. Yeah, some of these guys, and, and all these guys to get there, have an incredible amount of football knowledge. But what I'm trying to say is, sometimes it doesn't take that. Sometimes you and I can see it. Sometimes all you have to do, watch on Saturday and just see how one guy is different than others. If you remember, that's exactly what I said about C.J. Stroud. I watched C.J. Stroud play against George, and I thought, yeah, that's it right there. That's going to work. I couldn't believe and believe Carolina decided to go a different direction. And sometimes it doesn't take breaking down every single number, analytically speaking, and have five guys on your staff that went to MIT to help you break it down or to feed you that information. Yeah, sometimes it's it's easy. And you know what? I would rather it be easy. And you don't want to put in all that analytics work, do you, on trying to figure out just how how minuscule the number is between one wide receiver and the other? Go with the guy that you like. So in all of this, to me, nothing should ever change. However, I will sit here and tell you I I hope that it does. I hope that it does. I hope that, that prior to the draft, and again, it won't, And what have I told you? This time of year, we talk about a lot of things. 95% of it, we end up wasting our time and wasting our breath. It is the nature of this time of year. But if there was one thing that happened, and one thing that occurred that would cause a slide that would make my interest, or in this case, what would you call me? My love fast, I guess, is what you guys say. Make my love fast a little bit more reality-based, I'd be all for it. It would, like, be the dumbest thing of all time. Well, he didn't show up. I saw somebody from The Athletic, a couple of other people. Well, this is clearly a red flag, and uh, if I'm a general manager, I wouldn't take him at the top eight. If you need a wide receiver and you don't take – actually, if you're a team and you don't take him at the top eight, you are nuts. And not the good nuts. You are nuts. (laughs) Really, idiocy idiot there is no way and all you have to do is watch that's what's going to matter now to prove out the point there are some of these guys that have the leverage right now where they can do this and it won't affect them and most people would suggest that marvin harrison has that caleb williams has that i heard mike tannenbaum on a little bit earlier with Jake and Jimmy, and he said, you know what, you, you still like that guy that goes the extra mile and is willing to you know, do the 40 or give you his 40 time in the Walmart parking lot or whatever. Yeah, I don't need that. I just want to I want to see with what I am getting is, is what I see on Saturdays in the past. That's, that's what. So to me, this doesn't matter. Now, I hope that it does. I hope that it does. And believe me, it is a much greater existence to be like me and 
to know whatever room you walk into, you're likely, if not the dumbest, you're right there at the top of the dumb list. That's okay. That's okay. I have never set the bar unreasonably high. But I think we're all kind of pretty good uh, to watching somebody play and in terms of can't miss, feeling that, you know, this guy and that guy is can't miss. And to me, Marvin Harrison Jr. is just that and then some. Like nothing screams. It's just we're in a a spot today where everybody wants to scream and yell and poke holes in everything that is good because we live in a world that is mostly negative and bad. I just refuse to do that with some, and that is one. It is going to have to be a hell of a lot more, in this case, egregiously worse for me to go, oh, I don't know about this. That's an absolute slam dunk. All right, 239-1070. You think Jake Query's listening right now? Maybe. Corbin's over there. Call Jake. You got his number? Uh, yeah, I've got Jake. Call Jake. I want to put him on the hotline really quick before we get to Bob Lovell because we did have a little bit of, of IndyCar news here. Uh, and it, I don't know how much it's going to affect you. It's more of an old school thing right now. And like, I get people on both sides say, well, I can't believe they're doing this. And, and on the other side, yeah, yeah, it's okay. I understand. But uh, the IndyCar Series bosses, this is from Autosport a couple of hours ago. Uh, they are looking to finalize a charter system before this year's Indy 500. And the move, and this is according to an, an X message on that platform from Autosport. The move could guarantee entries into the Blue Ribbon and break tradition of only the fastest 33 qualifiers making the cut. So, yeah, upon that news, there, there's always kind of a line drawn in the sand a little bit here. Like all the old schoolers just kind of freak out. And then the new schoolers try to tell you how it's going to be okay. Honestly, it's probably somewhere in the middle if that comes to fruition. But these are the types of days. I miss him every day. Every day. I miss going to work him as friend. I miss talking about, and I'm not the, the biggest betting guy out there. But among those that talked about betting, R. Miller was the most interesting talking about basketball, talking about his his relationships. I saw Billy Shepard at Cambridge Fieldhouse back on Wednesday night. It was great to see him. R always got all of us together, a working man's friend, for you know a handful of lunches over the course of the year. But I think about R all the time, and then I really think about Robin Miller on a day like today, and you truly do miss his presence and his thought. And this is one thing. So I'm thinking, all right, we, we miss R, and I'd love to have R's thoughts. But, I mean, hell, Jake was just on the air. Jake works for the IMS Radio Network. Jake could do that, right? Jake could come on here. So, yeah, get Jake on here before I have to go. It's really a couple of minutes here before I have to go to Bob Lovell. We'll get to that coming up in a couple of minutes. But I did want to get a little bit more insight on that, some of you IndyCar folks out there. Since, I mean, we're back into racing with NASCAR, just about back into it with IndyCar. 
And once you get past March, it's a downhill slide to the month of May and the greatest spectacle in racing. That's one thing that we hadn't really gotten too much into is the the trademark greatest spectacle in racing usage by F1. We haven't got into that, but I did want to get into this a little bit more with Jay Query, and we can coming up in just a bit. Dave reminds me of Oops, Looks Like You Blink. Crackers are now 449 at Kroger. 449. Now, those are the uh, Keebler brand names, right? See, I like the my, my cracker of choice. My cracker of choice is the, uh, the Pita Triangle with sea salt. And it's Keebler, and I swear, four forty nine is what it is, Dave. Yeah, four forty nine. It was like two seventy nine. That's when I blinked. Dave sharing the bad news. I tell you what, we'll get Jake on a little bit later. You don't have to do that right now, Corbin. We'll do that because we're kind of stacked up. I want to get Bob Lovell on coming up on the other side as well. Mike Wells of ESPN Radio. We'll talk Pacers and Pelicans round number two. That's with Mike coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. And we've got Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers, IU and Maryland. I thought that was from start to finish, and you can make an argument maybe that was Kansas in a game that they lost back in December. But from start to finish, that was as hard as focused I'd seen an IU basketball team play this season. Going back to Tuesday night and that win at home over Wisconsin. We'll see if they can continue that against Maryland this weekend. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers, coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. All right, 239-1070. Email address, jmv1075thefan.com. I am looking at you inside the AAA membership lounge via YouTube Live. Jump in there. By the way, AAA is always awesome for whatever you need. Any time of year, any season, the AAA Membership Lounge via YouTube Live. Jump in there, respond, jump in there, watch, listen. Just be a part of the AAA Membership Lounge. The stream, the app, HD Radio, and on a Friday, getting into it. And Bob Lovell set to join us coming up next. 93.5107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Corbin's over there. I'm John. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, let me know when uh, Bob is good to go right there. Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talk, brought to you by your 14 Central Indiana CarX locations. CarX.com, busy night tonight, busy night tomorrow night for Bob. We'll talk to Bob, hopefully coming up in a couple of minutes. If not... We can move on. Just give me the thumbs up or the thumbs down for Bob either way. All right, thumbs down. Tell Bob to wait a little bit because Jake Query of Query and Company is in studio right now. Hit his mic over there, Corbin. I um, had a lot of people ask about what what is about to happen, for example, with the 500 and having seats that are solidified in this case that don't like it. And I immediately thought of Robin Miller and missing Robin Miller as much as we do. Um, the type of impact his voice would have on a day like today, learning that. Are we going to end up seeing that and seeing that this year? I think there's a lot of discussion about it. For those that are unfamiliar with what we're talking about, John, when Tony George 
founded the Indy Racing League, he famously said in the beginning that in order to run the Indianapolis 500, you needed to be a member of the Indy Racing League. And that, of course, went against the tradition that his grandfather, Tony Holman, had founded, which was if you are one of the 33 fastest cars, you are going to make the Indianapolis 500-mile race regardless of entry, size, you know, whatever. There were obviously some rules of specification limited, but yeah, yeah. you get my drift. So there was so much blowback by that, largely Robin Miller, a part of that, that then they revised it to 25 and 8, that 25 spots would be reserved for the Indy Racing League, 8 for outside of it. The 25-8 rule was very controversial. So now here we are uh, years later with the IndyCar Series and the discussion that they would come up with a system that if you are a full-time car in the series, that you would be insured a starting spot in each race, including the Indy 500, which would go against the tradition of bumping and 33 fastest. My presumption, I don't know this, but my thought would be that as IndyCar now is trying to actively pursue additional engine manufacturers, that it's entirely possible that there are engine manufacturers that are saying, look, the challenge with getting into the IndyCar series would be we don't want to be like Lotus was when they came to Indy a few years ago and be so off pace that it's counterproductive. So I could see them saying and trying to entice new engine manufacturers, no, 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 if you come to the IndyCar Series, you will be assured a starting spot in all races, including the Indy 500. From a traditional standpoint, John, it's not ideal. From a practicality standpoint in 2024 and a car number count, it I don't know about nece- like necessary, but I think it's probably trends toward enticement for expansion of the sport itself. And going more than 33, right? Will you go more than 33, or will you keep that tradition? If you got more than 33 in, then I think you would go over, but I don't know that you would. Like yeah. At this point, I, that would be like the next step of it, right? right? The next thing that would have to be answered. But I think as of right now, you probably would be looking at like 28 or 29 that are guaranteed in this system, right? And then... Uh, you know, about beyond that, it would be 33 fastest. Probably that that would be the next question to have to be answered, and I don't know that that part has been discussed on the table just yet. That certainly, if you went more than 33, there is, as we have seen in other races, there probably is from a safety standpoint uh, a limit on the number of cars that you could have on track at the same time. What are the other engine manufacturers' possibilities? That's a good question. Um, there has been discussion in the past of Toyota returning. Toyota has been in the series before. Yep. Uh, a few years ago, Volkswagen was certainly mentioned. Um, and then obviously right now you have Chevrolet and Honda. And you know one of the big challenges, challenge is probably the wrong word. I probably misspoke there. One of the priorities right now is retaining those two. And, and you know certainly Honda is one of them. There's been rumor, I don't know how legitimate, but there's been rumor that Honda might be looking to go elsewhere or into sports cars. You know, a big part of... Uh, the balancing act here is the fact that sports cars and IMSA has become very popular, which have a, a number of different engine manufacturers within it. And there's probably that juggling act of trying to entice some of those to come maybe not away from IMSA, but in addition to IMSA into IndyCar. Uh, and then also battling with hoping that those that are in IndyCar are not then wanting to put all their eggs into like an IMSA basket. So there's that balancing act and fluctuation that takes place. All right. Jake Query in studio. Sit tight. I'll get back to you in a second on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline from uh, 
Sports Talk, Bob Lovell, Friday and Saturday nights. Got a big weekend, sectional semifinal Friday night. You got the finals tomorrow. Bob Lovell brought to you by your 14 Central Indiana CarX locations, run by Joe Childers. That's CarX.com to maintain late winter road readiness today. Hello, Bob. Hey, John. How are you? We got a sellout in Noblesville tonight, from what I've heard. Is that accurate? I wouldn't. It, it should be. It's, you know, how could you? How could you not get excited about that game? Um, and I just think, you know, to this point, the, the whole thing's been great, to be honest, John. But there's no way it's not a sellout. There's no way a lot of these aren't all jam-packed and sold out, John. They're they're just there's tremendous basketball going on all over the state. No, I I completely agree with you on that. I just it looks like with with how that looks, you know, certainly up in Noblesville, that uh, a sellout would be accurate because there's a lot of good stuff going on tonight in that sectional semifinal. Well, Westfield Noblesville starts it off at six, and then you have the rematch of the Mudsock game, as they like to call it in Hamilton County, with HSC and Fishers. So Fishers comes in ranked number one, Noblesville number two, Westfield I think third or fourth, somewhere in there. So you know, when we did the pairing show, we said that was one of, if not the best sectionals in the state. Uh, nothing to this point has changed your mind. You see, Fishers eliminates Carmel in the first round, and just to show you how tough it is. So, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a great sectional, uh, as good as there is in the state. And these teams are, are phenomenal, quite frankly. Yeah, no, out in Westfield, Noblesville, as Bob mentioned, uh, Hamilton Southeastern and Fishers, 19-2, and 21-2, and 15-9, and 23-1. and That is loaded in Noblesville, Bob. It really is. It's been it, – and it's been that competitive all year long. These teams are really good – at Lawrence North, John, you've got Cathedral taking on Lawrence Central and then Attics playing Lawrence North. There's a couple of really good games right there. Yeah, you got that. Southport tonight, Decatur Central, Ron Colley, Ben Davis in Southport, uh, Avon Terre Haute South over at uh, Terre Haute South, Terre Haute North and Brownsburg, a part of that too. Martinsville, Bloomington South, Centigrove, Bloomington North. That's just to name a few in 4A that we're talking about. Yeah, as we mentioned, it is loaded. It is loaded, and we, you and I have talked about this before. This is uh, semifinal Fridays, in some respects, may be the best night of the entire time. I mean, you got obviously you know four games going on at, at sites all over the state. Clearly, tomorrow night, championship night with that sort of drama. But tonight, tonight, we have a whole lot of games. I mean, really, really good matchups. So Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talk, is going to have you uh, covered. All right, you cover the entire state. Uh, your wealth of affiliation around the state of Indiana has your back, or you got to hit absolutely everything. So we mentioned a lot of the things here in central Indiana, Hamilton County, Marion County, Hancock County, whatever. Um, around the state, what other matchups are you looking at that you're going to cover later on tonight just out of our general vicinity, Bob? I think you always, uh, at this time of year, go down south uh, to the the Lagodi sectional. Uh, You have Reve and Orleans, but you have Bar Reeve and Lagodi. You know, Bar Reeve Lagodi is always one of the, whenever they play, uh, their gyms are full. Uh, It's it's jam packed. They're two really, really good teams. Lagodi, you know, not as highly rated as they have been. Uh, Bar Reeve ranked number two in single A. I I really I, I love that all the time. I think that year in and year out, that's a, a pretty good matchup. 
Evansville Christian uh, is is really, really good, ranked number one off and on. They're at the Tecumseh sectional playing Northeast Dubois, which is a really, really – that's an interesting matchup to say the least. Uh, I, I think um, another one that comes to mind, quite frankly, Linton Stockton and Sullivan over to Paoli sectional. And Sullivan's having one of those years. They're yeah. really, really good. Linton Stockton is Linton Stockton. In the second game of that, I mentioned this, South Knox taking on uh, one of your favorite yeah. schools, Eastern Green. So, yeah, the Thunderbirds. They have not had a good year in the regular season, yeah. Bob. They are, but they're they're in the wrong sectional because they're the you – know, <laughs> South Knox played well. Linton Stockton is really good. And as I mentioned, Sullivan has only lost, I think, two or three games to this point. And so – that's uh, a tough matchup for your guys. Um, you know, that's, that's a really, really good sectional. Over in Greencastle, uh, Southmont and North Putnam, but Park Heritage is having uh, a tremendous season. I'm excited about the Park Tudor Covenant Christian matchup at Sheridan, uh, pulling for my guy, Timmy Adams, and hope that they're able to, to move on. And, um, you know, it's it, it just, John, again, not to sound redundant, but I really am. There are great matchups all over the state, and uh, that's why this is so much fun and why we all enjoy this time of year and look so forward to it. Yeah, it's uh, Bob Lovell of Indiana Sports Talk. He's going to have you covered both tonight. Tomorrow night, make sure you're up to date whenever he's on. The Boilers of Michigan State will be in action coming up tomorrow evening. He'll uh, keep you updated on that. Uh, then, of course, we're just really a, a big-time college basketball weekend. Maybe a preview of the Sycamores going for the outright title in the Mo Valley on Sunday against Murray State, right? You'll be glued to the TV, or or, or you could be there. I'm going. I mean? Yes. Greg Rakestraw and I are going on Sunday. Good for you. Uh, it um, The place will be jam-packed, and I, I, think they'll, I think they'll be in good shape, to be honest with you. I think they – you know, quite frankly, they are um, – you just like how they've turned things around at this particular time to get themselves back in, into the uh, the mix. That's not an easy thing to do, uh, and they've, they've done it and done it well. And so I'm excited about the, the opportunity. They really do, as we've talked about before, be great uh, to win the outright. It's all wonderful, but you still got to get yourself now. Uh, you got to get through – uh, the tournament and to assure yourself uh, of a spot in the NCAA tournament. I think th- I think they're good. I think the fact that they've turned some things around uh, has to get people's attention, and uh, they're certainly capable. And I think they're deserved deserving of being in the tournament. But we'll just wait. But have fun tomorrow. Really, that'll be. I'm jealous I, to be. Honest. I have I'm told jealous. Josh Shirts. I told him yesterday. I said my motto around here is because I have now made people around here an Indiana State fan. I said, listen, uh, if not for Indiana State, there's going to be basically one team representing the state of Indiana, and that's Purdue. So everybody is a Sycamore fan now. So I've made everybody around here into a Sycamore fan. I just had told Josh Schertz, I said, my, my motto is for you guys, you got to win it to be in it. I don't trust anybody, especially any committee. Zero. Nothing. No. On at no. large. You're 100% right. Having worked in the Horizon League for seven years, a few years back, being in charge of all the basketball, you know, I, we've talked about this before, uh, the power conferences don't want 
Missouri Valley teams in the in the league, and they're on the committee. They have a strong, uh, they have strength in those committees, and so uh, yeah, you need to take care of business and, and not uh, not put it in the hands of some people you don't know, but you also know they don't want you there. You need to take it out of their hands. And, and win the whole thing outright. They'd be rocking tonight, tomorrow night. That's Indiana Sports Talk and our good friend Bob Lovell every Friday with our high school sports rundown brought to you by your 14 Central Indiana CarX locations run by Joe Childers. That's CarX.com to maintain late winter road readiness today. Bob, have an absolute blast this weekend. We'll do it again coming up next Friday. Thanks, John. Thank you very much. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the game tomorrow. Bob Lovell of Indiana Sports Talk right there. Classic stations across Indiana. You know how many, Jake, how many affiliated stations? I think about you got 20-plus, 20, 20 maybe 40-some. I was going to say high 30s, low 40s, right? Yeah, the JMV Takeover's got one. <laughs> got one every every Saturday night. You got one right there. They could simulcast the JMV Takeover on the fan and make it two, right? Yeah. I've actually, I've told them there are a couple down near where I grew up that would look for programming on a Saturday night. But, Your uh, first year of DJing on the on an actual radio station yes. was where? 19, 1994, Win 106, WINN, Mount Vernon, Seymour, Columbus. Okay. Scipio, India. If you had to guess, the musical artist that you played with the highest frequency in that first year. Ace of Bass. Yeah, that was huge, man. Ace of Bass. How about the Breeders? That was right there. Cannonball just came out. One hit wonder. Cranberries? Mm -hmm. Cranberries. Big deal. Dolores O'Riordan. The late, great Dolores O'Riordan. But a lot of Ace of Bass. um, What, the sign and all that she wants. Oh yes, yeah, because that was becoming by by the time I started just out of out of college in '93, it was becoming mainstream, right? Oh, well, yeah, I mean, I mean like, it was it was oh man, that's I mean, hard. Utero right would have been out yeah. right around that time. It right? was, yeah. it was, and uh, everybody was had already fallen in love with uh, you know Nirvana, so uh, yeah. Did you base? base. Oh, I, I know what I uh, Creep by Radiohead was a big Huge. target song. So like I interned that. at MTV in the summer of '94, and yep. I can still tell you like the five videos that that were played the entire uh, the Offspring. Yeah, keep them separated. Yep, whatever that was. Huge. Come out um, and play the Beastie Boys. Which one would it have been? Um, Sabotage, sabotage, and Massive. sure shot. Yeah, and ill communications. The other one that was that was huge that summer that was played all the time was Regulator. Yeah, Nate yeah, Dogg Warren G and, and Nate Dog, constant. So DJ Skids, I don't know if you've ever heard the mini oh, mix he has between uh, Michael McDonald's. I like, keep forgetting and regulate is an all time classic. I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. It is. I like the one he does also with with Minute Work Down Under. Yes. Oh yeah. That's also a good one. Yeah. Right. So he did that, and he does he does one that I love. Is that a new sweatshirt you've got on? It, it is not. It's the old. No. It is. It is kind of new. I haven't worn it very much. I've never been. But it looks like this is not the powder blue Indiana it looks State color. Laundered. Yeah, like the very white. Well, I'm clean as hell, but um, this is yeah. the this is the kind of the this is blue, but Indiana State blue to me is powder blue. I would agree with that. So I would agree. This with is that. a little bit off. That's more Sycamore Sam blue. 
Yes, exactly. Or the forest. You might wear that in the forest. Right. All right, Corbin, we'll do it. Jay Query's in studio. Quick break. We'll come back. Uh, one more question regarding IndyCar and at least the short-term future and the news that's been reported today. Pacers, Pelicans tonight at 8 o'clock. That tip time, 7.30 coverage begins right here. And we got Mike Wells of ESPN Radio, top of the hour. Kyle Neddenrip of the Star, 4.30. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers, 5 o'clock. Hey, don't go anywhere. The AAA Membership Lounge via YouTube Live, 93.5 and 107.5. The fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. If you leave it now, you'll take away the biggest part of me. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Yeah, when I was at Win 106 WINN, Mount Vernon, Seymour, Columbus, Jake, this was in heavy rotation. Massive, massive song, right? Now, base of base. I'm trying to think of their other big hits. It's hard to do when this one's playing, you know what I mean? It is, yeah. All That She Wants. That's the big one, yeah. And Beautiful Life. And they were they were from well, they're from Sweden. They were Scandinavian too, Correct. so it was always a big comparison to ABBA. So they were big, man. Yeah, they were big, no doubt about it. Scipio, what was two? A little building in Scipio where once upon a time you couldn't figure out why it stunk in there. It smelled like something dead, and they found a dead possum that was in the uh, the ceiling tiles. They had just crawled up there and died. That's why dead possum. I thought maybe it was too much Ace of Base and just did it <laughs> in, right? It was like... Uh, so, Racer.com, a Racer magazine, mm-hmm. said yesterday that maybe um, IndyCar's not going to go to those dedicated spots. And then somebody had said, you know, it seems like that maybe the conversation's back on, and if you want to blame somebody, blame the big teams. You blame the big teams on this? Power teams? Um, I, I think the big teams are owned and operated by the big minds, right? I mean, like Bobby Rahal, obviously Roger Penske, Chip Ganassi, for that matter, obviously, yep. you know, Zach Brown and, and McLaren. You know, those are the guys running those teams. And so they, I think, are probably the ones that have the best grasp or understanding yep. on what it is that sponsors or partners want. And so I could see them. I mean, look, Graham Rahal getting bounced out of the 500 last year, I, I thought actually in reality – it probably was great PR for Graham because of the way he handled it, but it's a less than ideal situation for the sponsors and the partners and everything else. So I think they are aware that in today's ultra-competitive sponsorship climate that they want as much assurance for their potential partners as possible. I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying I could see that that would be their mindset. Man, Lotus. Lotus is such an awesome car name. Agree. Car manufacturer. And it ran around here like it was Hugo. It did. Uh, Jean Alesi and Simona yes. Di Sylvester that year. And, I mean, they were way, way, way off the pace, right? And and I think that's part of what, like, a new engine manufacturer. I'm not right. saying they wouldn't be, you know, I mean, this doesn't automatically give them speed. 
but they wouldn't want the humiliation of being bounced from the Indy 500, and that probably goes into the enticement of trying to secure those partners. Lotus was the car in The Spy Who Loved Me that went into the water and was also a submarine. Lotus was also, you know, in A Day in the Life by the Beatles. Hmm? He blew his mind out in a car. He didn't notice that the lights had changed. Paul McCartney wrote that about a car, a fatal car accident that he had witnessed. And the car accident that he had witnessed was a guy that was like 26 years old that was driving a Lotus. And he was the um, heir to yep. the Guinness fortune, the Guinness brewery fortune. It was a guy from the Guinness family. It's a big deal. Right there it is. Jake Query of Query and Company, we just wanted to bring you in here to talk about that. That IndyCar situation to become a, a little bit more educated on that, too. You were down at the Combine. Marvin Harrison Jr. was a no-show to meet with the media today, and he got some of the media making a huge deal about that. I don't think it's a big deal whatsoever, but in terms of, man, it'd be great if it turned into a big deal and somebody let that dude slide because somebody would get, to me, if you're talking about the best player in the draft, Draft. And I know everybody's always going to say quarterback. That's okay. The best player to me is him. Hey, I remember the year that Randy Moss was in the draft. Yep. He had come out of Marshall where he was unbelievable. Rick Venturi will tell you the story about when Randy Moss slid to the Vikings because there were character issues about Randy Moss, right? There was, and because of what happened at Florida State, Notre Dame, and then he's at Marshall. And then he goes into the draft. Minnesota ends up getting him, I think 19th, 20th, something like that. And Rick Venturi's told me the story about when he. They went down for like a, a scrimmage in the preseason with Minnesota. I think it was Denny Green was like, hey, wait until you see this dude. Like, you, you you knew he was good, but wait until you see. And Rick said, you know, they went out there and he watched him through just through sessions and drills and was like, okay, this guy's different. And I'm not saying Marvin Harrison Jr. is Randy Moss, but John, you know, I thought Charles McDonald made a really good point on our show today. He went from a top five quarterback at Ohio State to a transfer quarterback at Ohio State, and his numbers did not dip. Clearly, Marvin Harrison Jr.'s body of work and what you see just from what he was able to do in production in Columbus, you know, shy of like some sort of a a terrible legal issue, his stock's not going to drop, right? I mean, Teams can smoke screen it all they want. There are probably a lot of teams that are saying he's going to drop. Uh, people love to poke holes in, in the best like okay. that. And you know, nobody's ever said a negative word about the guy until now. You know what? It's part of why I said somebody asked me why I thought Caitlin Clark would, would announce now that she's coming out. And I'm like, look, she's reached the point in her game where there's nothing left to do but nitpick it, right? So you, you might as well just go ahead. Her stock's never going to – I mean, it's not like she would drop anyway, but you get what I'm saying. You I think mean, she you, sells out every fever I home do. game? I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb right now and say that the Fever will sell out their season tickets. You think so? I really do. I could be totally crazy in that. And I'm willing to have people say to me, now, what I said earlier, John, is look, I'm old enough to remember when the Pacers drafted Wayman Tisdale, and it was the biggest deal. We got Wayman. We got oh, yeah. Wayman. I still have the button. We got Wayman. I still have the McDonald's placements. We got Wayman. But then you found out he was kind of a system player at Oklahoma. I don't think she is. But it is true. You know, she may be Jackie Styles. She may be – Steph White was a great college player and a very good pro player, but wasn't the breakthrough that she is. So we'll see. But I do think the first year there's going to be massive intrigue about Caitlin Clark. And if she lives up to the billing, then, yes, I think she's going to be a major star. I think it's a huge I, I just thought maybe it would be the first handful of games and then maybe you, you see what happens. And if you don't I mean, win, there's probably some then, truth to that. Yeah. 
But there's only 20 games, right? Yeah, right. But there's so. probably some truth to that. We'll see. No, it, it's it's great. It is great for everything. Having a girl that plays basketball around here at a young age, uh, it is it is great for everybody. Because certainly there's been intrigue considering how many times that she's been with that team in primetime on Fox. Oh, I mean, well, look at like, I mean, when she played in Bloomington, when she played Lafayette, like look at the crowds that showed yeah. that came out, right? And half of the state of Iowa is going to be traveling here, at least in the beginning. But to your point, you got to sustain it. When's sure. Hy-Vee going to be here, by the way? I thought Hy-Vee was coming. Like seven years ago, right? God dang, Hy-Vee, get here. <laughs> but not, did Zionsville screw that up? I, I get I on Zionsville I think there was something about Zionsville and, and Whitestown. Yeah. And I, I don't know. And then Zionsville and Whitestown fight all the time. Correct. That's yeah, correct. It's, it's so weird. That's correct. Like the Hatfields and the McCoys up there. Fight over space. fighting over our old towers, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> probably turning that into something. Yeah, You're right. Uh, what's his name up on uh, seven in his bedazzled jeans is probably water skiing behind another <laughs> yacht because of that sail. <laughs> what's his nuts? <laughs> Jay Query, Query and company, man. Uh, have a great weekend. Stop laughing. Have a great have a great weekend too, man. Be listening to the JMV takeover. I will. We will call in a request. I don't know what Shannon's request. We were yeah. out of town last weekend, so we'll call one. It was docking a couple weekends ago. God, it's probably gonna be some. Probably, you're probably gonna have to fire up some Skid Row or something. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Good to see you, buddy. All right. Likewise, Jake Query, right there. Mike Wells of ESPN Radio. Pacers Pelicans later on tonight. We got that conversation and then some. That's coming up next. The Ride with JMV. Say, man, you got a joint? Uh, no, not on me, man. <laughs> It'd be a lot cooler if you did. <laughs> 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. All right, the Mike Wells 4 o'clock hour slow jammery entry courtesy of the soundtrack of greatness from the 1980s, Crush Groove. Mike's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Mike Wells, here's your slow jam. I stand all alone. To often turn in. Tender love. Stand all alone. Let to come. I can't sing you for. Oh, here we go, Jay. Here we go, Jay. You got it. Tender love, tender love. You're so tender. Close to me, baby. I surrender. There you go. Four shimdies. Tender love. I was going to give you a little bit of background vocal on that one, too, if you needed it. Well done. Um, hey, look, hey, for some D's, I, a movie. Got to be Crush Groove, right? It is. What's your favorite song from the C- Crush Groove soundtrack? Man, I got, I, you know what? It's been so long. I just know Crush Groove body oh, moving. That's awesome. Body moving. Let me tell you this. The first time I ever saw the Beastie Boys, and they had a song called She's On It that they performed and that's on that soundtrack um here's one the gap band had a song called love triangle which is equally awesome it was on that um sheila e was uh rock rock holly rock everybody got a holly rock that's on there too i think right so oh man listen i tell you i you know it's funny the first time i wanted to go to new york i I was the Chris Groove came out like 83, 84, somewhere around there. It was when the Fat Boys were in the uh, 
they basically had the Italian spot, the pizza spot buffet. Yep. I was like, man, <laughs> I don't want to be as big as the boys, but if I can get up in there and eat like that in New York City, I'm eating good. That is, man, that, that's one of my, that's around the time, Chris Groover is around the time, like, break in, Alicia yep. Boogaloo and stuff. All those movies are out, came out around the same time. Beach Street. The, uh, early, yes, early to uh, mid-80s. I um the the fat boys that was that was big with us too. I, I could not do the human beatbox stuff. I couldn't whatever that was. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey my hey, my sister who was sporting a Jerry curl at the time had the Jerry curl juice running on the collar of her polos yeah. back then. She could seriously beatbox, man. She used to kill it with the fat boys like that. Man, those are the good old days right there. Crush Groove and the Force MDs and Tender Love. The Mike Wells slow jammer entry on this Friday. Did you catch the Pacers on Wednesday night at home against the Pelicans? Man, I, no, because thank, thank God uh, your favorite member of the Wells had a basketball game. So we were up in Westfield, and based off of Twitter, as I was checking the score, as we were making a drive home, it just came across once again. It's the same thing we were talking about a week ago today, Jay. Yeah. Why Why? Why people can't fully buy in on what the Pacers are? On what, you know, why, they, why you can't believe that, okay, they can close the gap and climb the ladder in Eastern Conference. They continue to put themselves in a the position where they unfortunately tinkle down their legs against teams they should be beaten. Well, I, t- I will tell you this, and and obviously you go back to Sunday and against Dallas, I thought that that was their best game of the season. I really did from start to finish. And then, you know, you mentioned that the tinkle down your leg factor. That was the second of the back-to-back against Toronto on, on Monday. And I, I brought this up a little bit earlier. It's just like it, it's really good, it's bad, it's really good. I mean, on Wednesday, I thought that game against the Pelicans, I thought from start to finish was their most their most their most professional win because they at the start they started out with a big lead you saw the second half especially the pelicans counterpunched and then in the final three minutes on both ends of the floor it was Halliburton taking over it was miles showing some defense and they put away the pelicans which i think that's what everybody wants to see it just you want to see it on a more consistent basis you don't want to go from dallas on sunday all the way down to that toronto monday thing and then back up again and then i you don't hold your breath about what you're going to see in new orleans coming up later on tonight well so that's, that's what i gonna ask you uh off of that obviously you play that, that home basically that home road uh back to back against the pelicans if they were to go out go down and lose tonight would you discredit what 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 happened on Wednesday? I gotta tell you, you know, as I yeah, again, you know, I completely had my day screwed up. But yeah, you go out. Zion gets twenty three, Ingram gets thirty, uh, CJ McCollum gets twenty three, and you still go out and still win the basketball game the way they did. Does it lose some luster off of it, or are you like, you know what, down the road, uh, playing, you know, against a Pelican team that's you know gonna you know make the playoffs, or do you look at it as okay? It's a, a warning. Yet another warning flag. I, I look at it this way: you got to start stringing together some wins, and and the reason being is you're going to end up in the play-in. And I, I think we all understand this has been way too good of a season for them to end up in that situation. And you've got you know all these teams like the whole 
the, the whole definition of the East with that group in mind, it is changing on a nightly basis. So the one that's going to get out of that is the one that's going to string together consistently wins and the schedule gives them the opportunity. It is just some nights that play, especially in a quarter or two or especially a fourth quarter, doesn't lend you to believe. But here's what I brought up last week, and I want to see if you're with me on this. I had called for them to win 45 games. Uh, They are still on target to win 45 games, and people have asked me, hey, do you feel bad about being so critical of them when they're still on target to get into that neighborhood in which you suggested they would at the beginning of the season? And my response has been yes, because I have raised the bar. I thought you raised the bar when you made that deal for Siakam. So I raised the bar of their consistent level of play a little bit higher, even than when I felt they were going to win 45 at the start of the season. Okay, so let me let me uh, let, let me uh, let me let me go ahead and throw this out there then. So let's just say they only end up winning forty five games, and we talk the, the bar is a lot higher because of the deal of Siakam. So if they get just finish forty five, even though won't say forty six wins, do you are you pissed about it because of the expectations when they went out and got Siakam to help hopefully. You know, have even more success. I think it's all dependent yeah. upon their finish, their finish, and when what they look like in the postseason. Now, I do because I, I really do think the expectations were raised to a point now to where we all we all had. I think this team being better, but you were just kind of cautioned about it at the beginning of the season, and now you know they, they gave you a reason to raise that bar a little bit. And I think everybody out there should. So I think it's all dependent upon how they finish and what they do in the postseason, which I think also equates to postseason position, which will, I think, lend to the amount of success that they have. So I think it all depends on that. I don't think we know, for example, right now. Okay, so I'm set, I'm sitting, I'm about to set you and I up. We're going get, to get, get ourselves set up to potentially – have people come back at us yeah. on this one, and and I, and I say that because we have we we've talked about games they've lost that they probably should have won and everything. Where they're sitting at right now, how many wins do they finish the season with? You think, in your in your opinion, do they surpass forty five and get closer to fifty? I think I think that they probably surpass forty. I don't know if they get closer to fifty. I do think they they get over forty five now. What are they at thirty four? I think presently, right, 34 uh, as yeah. it stands. So that's going to take 11 more. I mean, I don't think I would be off to to suggest you better. I mean, hell, you better win 11 more. Let me let me see right here, for example, New Orleans tonight, San Antonio on the road at Dallas. Minnesota's good back here on Thursday of next week at Orlando, at OKC. Those are all incredibly tough games in what is supposed to be a soft schedule after the All-Star break. But here's where the softness occurs. And what's been problematic, Mike, about them is they haven't handled those teams below them very well. Chicago now. Brooklyn, you got a couple of different times down the stretch. Detroit, you get Chicago again. You get, again, Brooklyn three times in all. Uh, So, I think it all comes down to what you end up doing against the teams that you've kind of loafed against, unfortunately, so far this season. Hey, it's funny you said it. I was going to say, you know, I got more faith in the Pacers against the teams that are quote-unquote good teams in the NBA 
than I do in the teams that are, you know, the boo-boo teams. Like, you know, if they uh, they probably wish they could play Milwaukee, even though Milwaukee's playing better basketball with Doc Rivers right now, that they could play even more games against the Milwaukee Bucks and everything. But, yeah, I have more faith in them against the good teams than the teams that they, that you look at them on paper and say, all right, this is a, a – a, they'll find a way to win the game no matter what. Mike, I'll tell you this. Let's go with their their final eight right here, beginning on the 29th of March. That's on a Friday at home against the Lakers. Their final eight goes Lakers, Brooklyn, Brooklyn at home and home, OKC here, Miami here, Toronto and Cleveland on the road, and Atlanta here. You have an opportunity to close really strong in your final eight. So to me, it's going to depend upon exactly how you position yourself in between right there. But you have a very winnable, could get on a run in your final eight situation to me. Yeah, and, and, and think about that. Let's take it a step further. They go in the playoffs into the postseason feeling good. Not, not with as many question marks going into the postseason. They feel they feel good about themselves going in and, you know, potentially not having much doubt about who they're facing if they're, if they're able to, to close, close the regular season on a strong note. Yeah, that's it. That's kind of how I just – I spread it out a little bit because I think everybody just kind of has said, you know, after the All-Star break, you look at the numbers and the pace of schedule softens. But you got OKC a couple of times. Orlando's got you. If you lost one to Golden State, you got to go out west again. You've lost one already to the Clippers. So – it's not as easy as I think you first thought, but if you can maintain and get to that final eight, I think really in that stretch run, which let's just face it, you string together some wins no matter where you are in the East right now, but in the position where the Pacers are or anybody else for that matter, then you can really set yourself up. And I think the Pacers have a final eight opportunity to do that if it holds. You mentioned Orlando's playing good basketball now. I mean, yeah. earlier in the season, I'm like, oh, this team made me good. But, uh, I mean, they're, they're sitting right now in the sixth seed in the East. They got the exact same number, the exact same record as the Pacers. Yeah. So, uh, I remember when you were talking about, oh, my God, the schedule's favoring them and stuff down the stretch, and they can make some good things happen out of it. So, it, it, it'll, it'll be intriguing on which team shows up. But again, I have more faith in the Pacers against the good, the quote unquote good teams in the league than the ones who are supposed to be wins for them. Yeah, that's what's going to be disappointing. There's no way around that. You're going to get to the end of the year, no matter where they are, you know, more positive than negative, but you're going to look back at Portland twice, at Chicago, at Charlotte a couple of different times, Toronto a couple of different times. You're going to look back at those games and go, man, what could have been? There's no way around that reflection, Mike, when the season's over. Yeah, 100%. Um did you did you do the combine this week? Did you do it? I went down there on Wednesday. Ballard? Yeah, it was a blast. Did, did have, yeah, blast. Did you have Ballard on the show? Uh, no, Ballard uh, went on with uh, Sweebo in the morning. I was supposed to have Steichen, and he was sick. And then I was supposed to have oh. Rappaport, and he did three other shows and then left. <laughs> hey, so all right, so here's my question. And I was never supposed to have Schefter. Never, ever supposed to have Schefter. So the question is, are you more – so who did you more wrong? Rappaport for ghosting you or how things went down with Schefter many, many years ago? Now, I, would, um, I, would rather, I would rather talk to anybody than Adam Schefter. Anybody. <laughs> I don't care who it is. 
If it's somebody that's helping clean up after everything's gone, I'd rather talk to that person than him. Because even when, and then, I don't know if it's just me, and I, I think by now it is just me, but he's he was just, when he was at the NFL Network and on with me, and they were promoting him all the time, and they were putting him on my afternoon show at NDE when I was over there, he was awful. He was just always short and acted like he didn't want to be there. So that had to be more like me because he doesn't act like, you know, he doesn't act like a horse's rear end to McAfee like that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's got to just be me. And now I think I understand that. And I probably should own it, right? I don't know if I should put a badge on myself for it, but I should just own the fact that it, it never really worked. There's not one good one from the NFL Network to ESPN, not one that ever worked. It was all bad. Man, so basically, you're, you're throwing in the towel for the NFL folks at either one of those stations. <laughs> I'm trying to get trying to get the uh, heavyweights to come on the show with you. Listen, we I have a good time and a good conversation with everybody. It's just never for whatever reason worked out with him. And then he caught me on a bad day when I was sick, and he gave me that crap, and I gave him the crap right back, and kind of embarrassed us both on the air. So really, it's not like it's not like again I, I didn't win any badge of courage for that either. I, I look like a, a I look like a butthole, so that didn't help me either. No, that, that's okay. I got to tell you, and, and this is nothing bad. It's not bad because it's good if you're a Colts fan and you're the Colts organization. But as I um, was paying attention to uh, Ballard when he met with the media um, down there on Wednesday, I was like, man, this is boring. Yeah, because really? you're drafting, I mean, you're drafting know, 15th right now, and you're in your number eight. I don't know. And you got to reboot. I mean, there's really not much – like, I will say this. I don't think there's much out there that the people covering the team or the people that are fans of the team that, that you know, they don't truly understand what's necessary right now. Yeah, I mean, you think about it. He, he's give, he gave updates on Anthony Richardson. Yeah. You know, Pierce Michael, Pierce Michael Pittman's not going anywhere. But normally, every year in, in the season press conference at the Combine, there's always some type of drama, but it was it, this was like a whole hum. I'm like, all righty then. Uh, so, hey, hey, it's good for the, the boys who are covering them. They're they're not chasing a bunch of crazy things. But I'm just like, yeah, this is this is not a, a normal Ballard off season. You think I have given him three years after last year's reboot of confidence from Jim Irsay. I gave him, obviously, this past year, you see what happens, and then you see growth in year two, and then year three to see it all finally start to come together. Others tell me that maybe it all starting to come together this year is going to be necessary. Do you think, and and again, I'm not going to say a large level of success. You know, They didn't win the division when it was right there in their hands. They didn't go to the postseason when it was right there in their hands. So you look at it that way. However, they had a much better season than most thought that they were going to have. Does that expedite you know, the whole process of Ballard in this reboot, either turning it around in year number two or being on the hook maybe a year in front of what a lot of us thought it was going to be? Well, see, this this is where I, I, I look at it. This was the second, and, and I know, yes, it's Carson Wentz, but this is the second time in three seasons, this was the second time in three years, that the Colts went into the final week of the season. They just had to win. They made the playoffs. 
Uh, clearly, the the, the uh, twenty what was that twenty twenty one season that was just that was just that just turned out to be a disaster. But you're at home. You're at home. Yes, the backup quarterback. All you have to do is win at home against a rookie quarterback, a damn good rookie quarterback, and you couldn't do that to make the playoffs. Like I, I, I know they won more. They 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 exceeded more considering. You know, the downfall of Shaq Leonard, the Jonathan Taylor situation, you know, the, obviously the Anthony Richardson situation. But I'm not a believer in saying, okay, they exceeded expectations one more games than what people thought. You're at home, final week 18, all you got to do is win a game and get to the postseason and you lost. So if I'm Jim Mersey, if I'm, I'm the, Col- the uh, Colts, I'm like, all right, come on, Chris. You, you can't keep getting close to the finish line but not running through the tape as the, as the winner. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it just it, it's funny because it was told to me, Mike, that, that maybe the three years that I thought was logical, maybe you pushed that up a little bit because clearly they didn't win anything last year. There was nothing to win last year. There was nothing but, once again, disappointment at the end of the regular season. But they did play better for the most part, and it kind of makes you wonder, especially – you know, with, with Anthony Richardson and whether or not he's able to stay out there where this might be and then how you view, you know, Chris Ballard's situation round two after year number two compared to what we all thought was maybe going to be a three-year window once again of a wait and see. So it's it's really weird because we're in a spot, Mike, and you know this from covering the team so long, where you rarely have seen somebody go into an eighth year of running a football team with the lack of results that he has had. Yeah. They, I, and they, I don't even they, know who it would be. Well, no, God, man. But going into the eighth year with only one playoff win. One one playoff win and one to correct me, please correct me if I'm wrong. Three playoff appearances, luck. Luck, Rivers, and Minshew. Oh, yeah, Minshew hadn't been in. No, I'm talking about in the playoffs. In the play, go, man, oh, oh, no. No, no Minshew, no. yeah, that was a regular season. Yeah. So, yeah, Minshew didn't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so what, two playoff appearances? Luck and Rivers. Yeah, Luck and yeah, Luck and Rivers. Luck won one in Houston, lost in Kansas City, and Rivers and company lost when they were the extra team, by the way, the extra wild card team. They go to Buffalo and lose. And lost, you know, that was the Kamoko Ture not focus game. So, yes, yeah, so, man, I. I <laughs> Kamoko Ture. Yes. That's a little instant recall from you. Man, I'm trying to throw in a bonus playoff appearance. <laughs> so, it's only, it's only two in eight years. Hey, I did want to ask you this. And listen, uh, it is for Chuck Strong and for cancer, and we are all for any promotion whatsoever to battle that ridiculously awful blankable disease we're all all in the same gang for that and we always will be however i did want to ask your thoughts because it was brought up to me earlier this week andrew luck evidently in april is going to make an appearance at the chuck strong gala as it stands and then that got everybody asking me all right well the next step is going to be ring of honor and then I counter with my stance where it has been is he doesn't go to the ring of honor until this team cashes in at a very high level of winning here until that is not ever going to be completely gone with that decision. And then afterwards, what happened with the losing, the consistent quarterback change, they have to win 
at an incredibly high expected level before he could ever have that consideration and the fans be on board with it. Is that fair to say still? I got to disagree with you on that one. I, I, I can't say until they start winning because you, we, we know how this is a year-to-year league. They can go out and suck next year, and you know who knows what could happen. I think, man, it'll be five years in, in, in August since he retired. I think that's that's. I think he can go in the ring of honor. I think I think the ring of honor is next. I think he is. It sucks what he did. He left them high and dry, especially the timing of it all. But you can't discredit what he did on the football field from a talent standpoint. Hey, Mike. The problem is. You know this as well as I do, and I'm not suggesting that it's right, but it, the moment you have that, and especially without something that helps it get further in your rear view, help, help you forget about it, and that would be yeah, obviously winning of- and success, that thing's going to get booed. Yeah. Well, that's that's the risk that, that's the risk that Andrew takes. And you you got to think that you, you would like to think that if that's a pos- which it is a possibility. I don't want to say if it could be a possibility. It is a possibility. You would like to think that um, that uh, they're going to put it in Andrew's hands and say, "Do you you know it's just a good time for you to come back?" Could you imagine Andrew? They doing Ring of Honor in a season where the Colts are sitting at let's just say two and seven or something. It's late in the season, and they're sucking. They bring him back for the Ring of Honor and the quarterback play. It's just horrendous. You, I mean. They might be throwing peanuts from the sands in Andrew like that. Yeah, I just don't think that's anything that you would want to mess with until the fans have a really good reason. Most, if not, I'm not going to say all, it's never going to be all, but most of the fans have a good reason to completely put that era behind them. So that's my yeah. thought. Yeah, I, I didn't even think about it from that standpoint. I just thought, yeah, he needs to go ever. Yeah, holy cow. They better do it in week one of a season, man. Hey, do it in week one or week, whatever the home opener is of a season following them making the playoffs. Yeah. I'm, again, I don't even know if they even have thoughts on doing it, but when that was asked of me, uh, that has been steadfast my response, and that continues to be even with him. Return, and again, it's good. Coming back for the Chuck Strong gala, you know, you know, making, getting money uh, versus cancer is always a good thing. We always cheer for that regardless, but you just know how that's going to end if you do. I think anything like that in his celebration here in that stadium, if you do that before they win anything. And, you know, fair or unfair, that's how I feel, and I think a lot of people would agree. I, I, think, I think this is a gigantic step for Andrew Luck. To come back, and, and I mean, I, you know, obviously, you know, he was living here in Indianapolis and everything. Uh, but for him to come back and make that kind of appearance at that kind of event is is a, is a big deal. I think that is a giant step for Andrew Luck. We've seen him on the sideline of games, you know, at Stanford games and everything. But to do it and come back in Indianapolis, where the cameras are going to be here nonstop, and being here the way he is, I think that is a, a significant step for Andrew Luck. So Mike Wells of ESPN Radio. Hey, I know you got to run here. Tell uh, that awesome girl I said hello, Layla, yeah. and uh, have a have a great weekend. Uh, we we wanted we wanted New Augusta last night. That's what we played, New Augusta. Nice. Hey, we wrap up tomorrow. Uh, conference semifinals and then uh, potentially the championship game um, out there at Franklin Central Middle School, and then 
middle school, the middle school career is officially done tomorrow. Uh, no matter what, it'll be done either with a loss or with a, uh, <laughs> or, or with a uh, conference championship out there. And uh, the Center Grove girls finish up next week, right? I think so. Yeah, I think hey, we're still not uh, subbing in and out offensively and defensively here. That's not you know, like Coach Spolster is not doing that for you, is he? <laughs> uh, well, we, we 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 hope now. We're uh, they're trying. They're sitting at eighteen and zero right now. They're trying to finish finish it up undefeated. I'm actually sitting in the car waiting on your girl. Right I'm sorry, now. I, I didn't mean to put you in a bad spot right there. I will say this encounter. Um, our girls, we we run a uh, an offense called molasses because that's how slow it looks. <laughs> and more importantly, though, is my girl Lainey getting good run though. That, yeah, she's, I mean, yeah, run, yeah. She gets out there. She gets out there and runs. But uh, I don't know. We got a molasses offense. We don't get it up and down the floor very quickly. That's so you unfortunate. Guys, you guys are playing. You guys are playing Princeton style, man. Old school Princeton style. Uh, it's more, a lot more boring than that. <laughs> so oh, but, a lot, hey, a lot hey, more, a lot more mistake prone than that too. I, I just hey. get out there. I, I just, and I, I'm bad. I say, hey, push it, push it, and it's like slow break. If you ever played in a slow break game, like everybody has to be past half court before the ball handler crosses half court. That's kind of what we look like sometimes. So, so man, you, you guys are gigantic polar opposite of Loyola Marymount, man. Um, yes. Man, hey, listen, they wanted me to do radio, ESPN radio tomorrow night. I asked if I could do it Saturday night. I mean, excuse me, Sunday night. So yes. 8 p.m. to midnight on Sunday night. Because, uh, listen, I, I, I need to be able to, when I'm hopping in the car running errands, to listen to you on the JMV Takeover tomorrow night. buddy. I appreciate that. So listen for Mike Wells on ESPN radio coming up right here on Sunday night. And uh, say hello to Layla and everybody in the fam for me. We'll catch up next week. All right, brother. Be good. Have a great weekend. It's a Mike Wells of ESPN Radio on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Kyle Nedenrip, a, a big couple of games in Noblesville tonight. Sold out, evidently. That and more from the star Kyle Nedenrip's with us next. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Hey, you going to stare all day or are you going to buy something? Uh, I'm going to stare all day. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. The AAA Membership Lounge. Struggle bus from our good friend Clayton Anderson. Clayton Anderson called in at about 10 o'clock a couple of weeks ago on the JMV Takeover and requested uh, Tarzan Boy by Baltimore. It was awesome. I didn't know it was him until I listened to it again and I said, that was Clayton Anderson. Uh, inside the AAA Membership Lounge via YouTube Live. Hello to everybody in there. Busy weekend for us, for me, coming up tomorrow night, JMV Takeover, 6 until midnight, B105.7. That's the All Request Saturday night where we go nationwide. If you haven't heard it, we get Florida, Vermont, uh, Maine, New York, Texas, California, South Dakota calls. It is growing big time, at least with its uh, streaming 
And at presence, you can check it out tomorrow night, B105.7. Live in studio for the JMV Takeover from 6 until midnight. Of course, that's going to be sectional final Saturday night. Tonight, semifinal Friday night. And to talk more about that around the state of Indiana and certainly around the area, from the Indy Star, friend of the show, Kyle Nedenrip joins us now. Hello, Kyle. How are you? Hey, doing well, John. How are you doing? I'm assuming you're going to Noblesville tonight. Do you already have your ticket, if so? I hope so. I uh, double-checked, triple-checked, and I think I'm good to go. And I guess we'll find out here when I uh, when I get there. But uh, I'm hope I'm hoping I've got a good seat and uh, I'm able to see a couple of great games tonight. Is this the uh, is this like a fire marshal type of game tonight? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I think the second game on uh, Tuesday was sort of a fire marshal game too. So I, I think they'll <laughs> I think there's been a few of those over the years, and I, uh, certainly tonight qualifies when you got one, two, and three all playing at uh, one location. Yeah, and by the way, Hamilton Southeastern's not a member of that group, but still pretty good in its own right in that game two against Fishers later on tonight. But Westfield Noblesville, uh, what do you like about the matchup? Well, I covered the first time they played each other, and Westfield beat them, uh, beat Noblesville on their home court. So they obviously have experience and have success uh, doing that. Doing that. So, but I, I, you know, I really like this Noblesville team. I, I like both teams, honestly. But this Noblesville team is, you know, veteran team. Aaron Fine, uh, their point guard. It seems like one of those guys who's been around for a long, long time. And then they've got some other guys, you know, Hunter Walston, another senior, uh, Justin Curry, who's a sophomore coming up, and a young man, Baron Walker, who's been playing really well as a sophomore for him. So, you know, the matchup, I think, will, you know, the last game Noblesville played them, you know, they had a, they had trouble scoring inside, and a big reason for that is Nick Book, who plays the uh, interior for Westfield, had a really good game. And then, uh, of course, Trey Buchanan, also a really good player for Westfield at the guard spot. So, Probably what stands out is those, you know, those two guards, Fine Buchanan, uh, you know, and then where are they going to get production elsewhere? I, I would say, and how, how does how does Noblesville score inside? I think is a big uh, key to this game. Can they do that better than they did last time? And you know, it's it's uh, it'll be a it'll be a possession game. I think it's it's going to be into the fourth quarter, and you know that it'll come down to kind of whoever uh, you know performs under in the clutch in, in that situation. So it, it's just, it'll be fun. I can't imagine that game will go uh, more than you know. I don't think it'll be decided by you know ten twelve points. I think it'll be you know three four right down to the wire, and I wouldn't expect anything less. Uh, all right, so is uh, I know the Buchanan kid, is he a hell of a lot better than his dad? Because that's what I've been told. <laughs> yeah, he's really good. And, you know, his, his toughness, you know, two years ago, you know, Westfield, uh, you know, Braden Smith kind of blazed a trail like Wyatt Earp through this sectional. And, and, you know, Trey was part of that team. And he, he did a, you know, he played a role on that team. And, you know, he's a tough kid too. A really tough competitor, you know, played played injured, you know, some in last year's sectional. And, you know, he's just, a, he's a tough dude. I think he takes after Braden some that way. And, and uh, you know, Westfield is now kind of, you know, and with with Buchanan, obviously, and Book and and Will Harvey, you know, the great golfer actually uh, has been playing well for them too. But you know, they kind of they kind of uh, I think have something established over time now, which is something they didn't have you know a few years ago. They had no no sectional titles in their history, and they finally got that one two years ago. And and Buchanan was part of that. You know, he, he's he's done a great job for that team, and and uh, he's been on a winning team, and and so is Noblesville. To be honest with you, they. They have history of winning it last year, and and those guys all uh, were part of that who were key parts of this year's team. So, 
you have two teams, I think, in you know, and speaking of Buchanan and 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 Fine, you know, teams that have recent tournament success, which you know sometimes you have one and the other team doesn't. I, both these teams have that, so I think that'll you know kind of cancel each other out. Which uh, so again, it kind of you know to me this is it, it'll just come down to uh, you know who kind of gets it done late in he the is, fourth quarter. Here's Kyle Neddenrip of the Star. He'll be at Noblesville along with the Fire Marshal later on tonight. Of course, <laughs> other sectionals here uh, around Central Indiana, around Marion County, uh, certainly in Hancock County, Greenfield sectional. Penalty Knights and New Pal game one. Uh, Muncie Central and Greenfield Central among the most impressive teams throughout the course of the regular season. I'm assuming in whatever class we're talking about, Greenfield Central has been unbeaten and at the top of that list. Yeah, they've really been a team that you know. I don't even think Luke Meredith, if you, if you asked him, the the Greenfield Central coach, you know, I don't think they expected to be undefeated. You know, probably nobody does, and they they lost some real key pieces from last year's team, including Dylan Moles, who's a great player for them. And you know, it's been a year where you know they they've just kind of gained confidence throughout the season. I, I covered a game earlier this year where they beat uh, Pendleton Heights and. Uh, in double overtime and Mullins went for 50 in that game and, and, uh, you know, played phenomenal, uh, you know, in, in that win, they in a last second shot to win it. So I, you know, they're, they're a team that's kind of, they seem like sort of a, a team on a magic carpet ride here. And, you know, I think, uh, both them and new pal, probably the favorites to get through tonight. Uh, although that's a tough sectional and those will both be tough games tonight. Uh, but yeah, I think all of Hancock County will be there. You know, if those two teams play each other, you'll have, you know, Julius Gizzi and and Braylon Mullins, two of the top juniors uh, in the state, two of the top scorers for sure, uh, going against each other head to head. That that would be a phenomenal game. But again, you know, weird things seem to happen on this this Friday night semifinal sectional, and uh, you know, it's it's a it's a night where, you know, what do we have? Well, my math is not very good. It's two fifty six playing tonight, so what? One hundred and twenty eight teams will be eliminated tonight. So it's it's a big. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a big cross off the list type of night, and you don't want to be on that side of things. So, you know, but we'll see some weird games. We'll see some upsets. You know, we'll see some teams go down we thought would advance. And and uh, like I said, Greenfield's been that team that hasn't been on that side at all this year, and and I would expect them to get through. But you know, they they've got some work cut out against the Muncie Central team that that already pulled an upset over Richmond a couple nights ago. Yeah, they're, they're a lot. You look around, and they're just. Uh, I give you a great example uh, up in Lebanon. Not a great matchup if you look at it on paper with Crawfordsville, but you know, Danville has said had such a good season at nineteen and three, and then you know, Tri West on the other side at eighteen and six, and Lebanon at nine and fourteen. You look at both Danville and Tri West as you know two teams having incredibly strong regular seasons. Absolutely, and those two teams uh, covered one of their games earlier this year, and you know Danville got the better of that one. Then they beat Tri West again a couple of weeks later, but. You know, the difference, you know, when I covered those teams, it didn't feel like the difference was much, you know. So Danville been ranked number one uh, for a lot of this year. They're not they, – they fell a little bit uh, with a couple late losses to 4A teams. But, you know, you know Brian Barber always – those teams are always really tough, uh, you know, physically and mentally uh, for Danville. But having to beat a team like that, I mean, I know it's cliche, you know, to beat a team three times, but – especially one that's your own rival, you know, kind of in your own backyard there in Hendricks County and, and a team that's, that's, you know, pretty talented in its own right. So, you know, that, that, I think we'll probably see that game played tomorrow night. 
uh, unless Lebanon and Crawford will have something to say about it. But you know that that would be a really tough test for Danville. But it's also a Danville team. I think if they can get through, you know, they could be a, a problem for a lot of teams moving forward. You know, Evan Lawrence, their their big man inside, going to IU to play football. He's a he's a tough dude. He's a He's a basketball guy first who kind of uh, his size and athleticism ended up getting him a football scholarship. But, you know, last ride for him and, and, a, and a really good group around him. So, you know, I think that's a team to uh, keep an eye on. But, yeah, very tough test with Tri-West. The final thing, too, and I bring this up because I'm a longtime friend and obviously big fan of Mark Barnheiser and you're number 40 at Lafayette, Jeff. 13-9, and nine, you kind of look at it that way. They get 23-3 and three Kokomo. It is their host sectional, so they get this on their home hardwood. And I, I don't think it was close earlier this season in their meeting in the regular season. Is there there's something in that semifinal with Jeff and Kokomo tonight, you think? That's probably their toughest test uh, Kokomo would have, I think. Harrison uh, gave them a little bit of a – they came back and they shot a whole bunch of threes, I know, against Kokomo the other night and came up a little bit short. Uh, but yeah, I think it'd be a pretty tough task. I haven't haven't seen Lafayette Jeff in person this season, uh, but I've seen Kokomo a few times, and and even even besides uh, Flory Badunga, you know Carson Rogers is a six foot six senior who's I think probably played his way into the NDI All Star uh, conversation, if not on the team uh, entirely uh, with the season he's had. He, he even leads uh, Kokomo in scoring just by a shade over over Flory. So. Yeah, I think that'll be a really tough task. There aren't, you know, just Kokomo's a different team uh, just because of the size that they have. I mean, there aren't there aren't, aren't any teams out there that I've seen that have two, you know, two guys that they can go to like that, and then you know have some some pretty good guards uh, as well who are some are a little bit younger, and then you know maybe a little bit inconsistent at times. But I feel like that Kokomo team is is maybe playing the best that they've played all year uh, right now. And, and, you know, they would play, you know, looking ahead, they, they would play if they can win that uh, sectional, the winner of the uh, the Noblesville sectional. So you could have, you know, Fishers against Kokomo in the regional uh, next week. So that, that would be a really uh, interesting game there. Uh, so whoever comes out of that, you know, whoever comes out of that Noblesville sectional basically uh, would play Kokomo. So, yeah, that's something to look forward to, but uh, we still got, a couple nights to go before we uh, get to that round. If you're in that Noblesville sold-out gym tonight, approach Kyle Rip and say, we heard you on JMV's show a little bit earlier today. <laughs> make sure that uh, – just to make sure that he's in there tonight because the place is sold out and going to be packed. Kyle Rip of the Stars, some updates on these sectional semifinals on this Friday night on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. It's always a pleasure. I'm sure we'll catch up next week prior to the regionals too. Absolutely. Feel, feel free to reach out. I appreciate it, John. You got it. Kyle Ned and Rip of the Star on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. And also, I want to give a love out to uh, Paul Casaro and you, Wendy. Back-to-back GLVC champions. Coach Casaro, friend of the show. Mike Burris, friend of the show. His assistant head coach. Associate head coach. But uh, shout out to those on the south side. UND getting it done again. Quick break. We'll come back. Top of the hour. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers. Are you this weekend on the road in Maryland? We'll talk about that with the voice of the Hoosiers. That is coming up next. Don't go anywhere. 93.5107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. If peeing your pants is cool, consider me, Miles Davis. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. There you go over there. 
Corbin's in. I'm John. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> you you struggle with me doing this over here, don't you? Would you rather just do it over there yourself? No, it's fine. I had it in preview. I heard it in my head. Oh, uh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. that happens over there. Man, it, it takes it takes a little bit because for those of you behind the curtain, I I run the in, re-entry music. I'm the one that does that. I'm in charge of it, and the other shows don't. The producer that's running the board does it. So this can be, if you don't do this often, this can be a bit of a hassle like Corbin is experiencing right now. I don't blame him one bit. Kyle Neddenrip of the Star, the podcast, 1075thefan.com. Mike Wells of ESPN Radio. Sunday night on ESPN Radio nationally for Mike. A little bit earlier, too, on a variety of things. From the NFL Combine to the Pacers and the Pelicans tonight. Uh, Jake Query was in studio about the, the latest maybe spots that are just going to be solidified for teams moving forward. That was the story surrounding IndyCar. Jake, his thoughts and the education a little bit earlier, Bob Lovell, also on the show. All right. I don't know if you guys know who this is. I don't know if you know who this is, if you trust the info, but people tell me this Trilly Donovan on the social media platform X is pretty much on target with everything. That's what they tell me. So Trilly Donovan, have you guys heard of that? Evidently, within the last hour, the high major hot seat, according to Trilly Donovan, which obviously it's guy, it's Juan Howard's on it, Kenny Payne's on it. I mean, hell, two guys that are gone, Stubblefield and Holtman are gone. Uh, Johnny Dawkins, Central Florida's on it. Uh, a late addition to the list, according to Trilly Donovan is IU head coach Mike Woodson, and this is what is said about it. After being safe for most of the year, the heat is on in Bloomington. Woodson has made the tournament the last two seasons, but finds himself in real jeopardy of not getting a fourth year at IU. That is new to the Trilly Donovan, and this this is somebody that does have a high level of college basketball connection here. Because he's right on way too much not to. So that is a thought from Trilly Donovan. If you follow it, and if you don't, hopefully I gave you the ample description. Quick break, we'll come back. Voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher, joins us next. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. JMV does not suck at all. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Earth, wind, and fire, everybody. Wherever you're going... Assuming it's going to be a high school basketball sectional semifinal if you're on the road hooping it tonight or at least watching the hooping going on. If you're a family member, if you're a friend of the family, whatever, go out there and have yourself a fantastic Friday night because there is a blank ton of great basketball going on. Enjoy it tonight, huh? Do that. Boilermakers, Michigan State, coming up tomorrow. I mentioned I'm going to Indiana State coming up on Sunday as Indiana State with a win outright will win the Missouri Valley Conference regular season crown. They get Murray State at 4 o'clock coming up on Sunday. Greg Rakestraw and I 
We'll uh, park it over there at the uh, Coachman in Plainfield. Shout out to the Coachman. Don't tow me. And then head over to the Holman Center at Indiana State coming up on Sunday. Cannot wait to be a part of that, too. Uh, Pacers-Pelicans coming up later on tonight. That is a second of a home-and-home Wednesday night. I have mentioned it in a description as the most professional win, or maybe the most professional win of the season. At least it's up there. Just the way that the Pacers handled it. And that's a really good Western Conference team. And really, I'll give the Pelicans a lot of credit, too, because travel time and playing fiascos did not leave them a lot of time to get the noted rest. And they started out a little bit slow and then picked up the pace. They really did. But I was was happy with what I saw from the Pacers, especially in the final three. Final three taken over by Halliburton. Halliburton to Siakam for maybe not one, two, or three late baskets. And Miles, battling foul trouble, had some really good final three minutes defensive moments, which is necessary. That is called closing a game. And closing a game against a good team, we'll see how they look down in New Orleans coming up later on tonight. Meantime, we wait until Sunday at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. IU's on the road at Maryland, and joining us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline is the voice of the Hoosiers. He's friend of this show. It is Don Fisher. Hello, Don. How are you? Good, John. How you doing, bud? When are you leaving tomorrow? Uh, sometime mid-afternoon. So you got to head down to Bloomington sometime tomorrow. You'll get there because you drive so damn fast in about 37 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the airport takes a, a touch longer than that just because it it's out there in the west side of the community, if you if you know what I mean. <laughs> it, um, it, it, they try to make you, when you go to the Monroe County Airport, they try to make you go to Greene County. They do. <laughs> if, you, if you keep going down 45, you'll eventually get to Greene County. Exactly. So they, they try to get you to go out there, but uh, yeah, the Monroe County Airport is the, the spot. I don't want to start talking about Tuesday night a little bit, though. That, that, to me, we've talked about playing hard, consistently playing hard. We've talked about being focused, consistently being focused. Uh, you might have another game in mind. To me, that was the best at home against Wisconsin. That's the best we've seen out of this IU team from start to finish, especially including the fire alarm situation. <laughs> yeah, there's no doubt about that. Indiana did have a 15-point lead in the first half uh, with about six and a, a little over six minutes to go in the half. Uh, kind of let that slip a little bit by halftime. It was down to five. And then uh, slowly, Wisconsin started coming back in the second half. And by the time they got to the, to the fire alarm problem, uh, the game was tied at 54-all with 10 minutes and six seconds left. So from that point forward, though, this team hung in there. Uh, they battled. Uh, it kind of changed hands a couple of times as we went along there at the end, and, and yet this ball club was able to find a way to get it done, which was really good to see because we haven't seen that a lot here of late. And without question, it was a huge win for the ball club, and it got a little bit of that confidence back we've been talking about that they've been lacking. Yeah, Don, it, that was a variety of situations you just mentioned. That team in the past, we had seen them wilt under circumstances like that. Even the one that is, is so odd because Greg Gard was upset. And really, you know, anybody that's on the other side of that, if you're on the road and that happens and you're making a run, you're going to be upset and you're going to complain about it. But 
Yeah, I felt at the time, Don, that could equally affect IU, where they are considering the lead that they gave up. But I, I thought in terms of punching and counterpunching, they gave IU fans all you could ask for and all you could want after that fire alarm. No question. Uh, I, there's no doubt about it. And, and I understand why Greg would be upset. And, yeah. you know, if you were in the same position, you would be too. But that's it, it's not anybody's fault other than the fact that somebody did pull the fire alarm. And for whatever reason, they had to evacuate the facility. And next thing you know, uh, they start pouring everybody back in. It didn't last as long as I thought it was going to. I thought it was going to be probably a 25 or 30-minute type of delay. But it actually, I think, turned out to be about 15 minutes in total. Um, and we never really went off the air. We were about ready to send it back to the studios uh, back at Learfield uh, to play part of the coaches show because there wasn't anything else we could talk about at that point. And we were thought, thinking that they were going to evacuate us as well. But that never really occurred. And by the time, uh, uh, you know, by the time the two teams came out to start warming up again, we had still been on the air at that juncture and, didn't have to send it back to Jeff City. So it was uh, the way it happened, though. I understand why Greg would be upset at the same time. Uh, I, whether it helped Indiana or not, nobody could really know. But the good news is Indiana never stopped fighting, and the intensity level with which they played in this ball game at both ends of the floor was the best we've seen in weeks. So is the protocol, by the way, uh, with the evacuation of a fire alarm, are, are you just screwed, Don, as a broadcaster? You just got to stay in there? <laughs> well, if, if there would have been a really severe, uh, if there would have been a severe issue and smoke would have been pouring out, I would have gotten up out of my chair and <laughs> left myself. Uh, I would have told the boys in Jeff City to fend for themselves. <laughs> Did you exhaust all your content during that time? Pretty much. <laughs> but, I mean, the, the, the thing about it was that we didn't really know yeah. why we never heard uh, until later on. And the reason we hadn't heard, and I didn't know this, but when a fire alarm goes off in assembly hall, it shuts down the PA system. And hmm. and, and all we would hear every, about every probably every minute was the alarm going off again. And so and when they started evacuating people, of course, and, and there were people up above who were evacuating much sooner than the people down below because they just, you couldn't, you didn't hear it. You heard it up above, but you didn't hear it down below initially. And then you started hearing it down below. And obviously everybody's getting out of their seats and they're heading for the exits, which is what they're supposed to do. And I thought they did a magnificent job of getting the people out of there so fast. It was amazing and orderly. And uh, so that's the good news uh, from, from, from the standpoint of what, what took place. But, but the truth of the matter is they were able to get people back in there fairly quickly too. So, uh, I, you know, I was proud of what the Indiana, uh, you know, the people, the ushers and, and the police and everybody that was yeah. involved in this whole thing, how they handled it. Well, I will say this, too, but so many of those those ushers and those first responders, they, they're a part of that every single game, too. And yep. it's it really is a, a good group that rarely gets any recognition. But in a moment like that, they certainly should, because, again, they've been doing that for such a long time. They're well versed in any circumstances and that's one that was a true curveball. No question. <laughs> it was definitely a curveball, but handled quite well by, by the university and by everybody involved. And, uh, 
you know, when we finally found out, uh, you know, what the deal was, they already started filing some people back in. And it just didn't take very long to get everybody back in there. And, and again, there's always some people who go out and, you know, some of the elderly, you know, that probably said that we're going home at this yeah. point. We're not coming back in. But most everybody came back in and especially, especially the student. And the, the one negative for the students was they could all get back in there. And the ones that were at the end of the line, which would have been probably the people in the front row, some of those people didn't get back to their same seats. So they were probably a little bit because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. those students could take, you know, it's first come, first serve for the students. So it, it was a smoke alarm in the uh, connecting hallway between Cook Hall and Assembly Hall. Is that what I heard? I, I thought it was in the balcony. I was, was told it? that it was in the balcony. Yes, that's where the alarm was pulled. So I don't know if it was in the actual balcony itself or if it was just in that in those hallways outside the balcony. Don, how many times have you been in the balcony there? Uh, I've been there twice. I've been there uh, once, and it was like the worst experience of my life. <laughs> well, I, trust me, I never saw a whole game. <laughs> <laughs> I, was actually, I actually snuck in the building <laughs> and I was can you watching a practice session that I wasn't supposed to. Be. Wait, but you, you, wait, wait. We got to know the background on this. So, what you snuck into the building watching a practice session you were not supposed to elaborate, no, please. I didn't, I, di- I didn't. I didn't sneak into the building itself. I snuck into the balcony ah. because the curtains were all closed, and it wasn't Indiana practice, so I wasn't trying to spy on some other team. As you know, I've said many times, I'm not. I'm not a coach, and I'm not an X and O guy. Right. I just know what. I, uh, so at any rate, I was just uh, and I wanted to see this practice. I can't remember exactly what all the details of it were. Other, this is like this would have been thirty years ago. So, no, oh, you got that right on top it. of your head, right there. You got it. Yeah, yeah. So at any rate, long story short, um, I snuck into the and, and watched about five minutes of the practice session, and nothing was happening. So I got out. <laughs> I um, this is a, a true story. When I I worked for and and you know this uh broadcasting outlet historically uh, artistic media partners when i was working down there in bloomington um they they so graciously set me up in the old field house um it was like a, a bunch of parties and such leading up to a game and i was in a dunk tank for artistic media partners <laughs> And you know how much I was getting paid for that? Nothing. <laughs> yes. <Yeah, so. laughs> with the you know, RIP to Art Gotti, man, I mean, he was going to wiggle free of paying you a cent for anything, and that certainly was not going to be anything worthy of being compensated. And that's really that is that's hilarious because Art Gotti, and I loved Art. I yes. mean, he was such a good guy in so many ways, but he was he was really chintzy. Oh well, he's yeah. That's the nicest thing you could say. And every time we had a contract, and we had two contract negotiations, my first year there, I basically had to. I basically said, "All right, if you want me to get an attorney, I will." <laughs> <laughs> he said, "No, we don't need to do that." And finally, we got it all taken care of. I wasn't even asking for a raise. I was just asking for what I got the year before. He was trying, he was trying to get me down to like a thousand dollars less than what I made the year before. That and is, I said that ain't gonna work. That is not gonna work. <laughs> the last time I saw him was at a Pacer game, and he he and Artie and I like Artie too. Uh, his yep. son, they walked up to me at a Pacer game, 
And Donnie goes, you know, with his voice, he goes, hey, hey, Gliva, I, I hear you're making fun of me on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> no, Art, Art was a, he was yeah. a wonderful guy in yeah. so many ways. And Judy, as uh, secretary, was the best ever. Uh, loved her to death. But, but we spent, I spent two years in his offices uh, when university broadcasting actually had the broadcast rights for the first year. And then he allowed me to use his office space uh, up there in his studio or up there in his offices himself. And he allowed me to, <laughs> to have a desk up there. And uh, Judy and I got to talk every day and art uh, occasionally because he was <laughs> either gone or, or doing something else. So, but, but he was a great guy and, and I really enjoyed working for him at the same time. Every negotiation yes. that we had, it took forever to get it done. Yeah. There's a reason why he made a lot of money in that, that business is because, as he was exactly. he was a shrewd uh, negotiator uh, to, to say the least. Yes, he was. I will tell yes, you this. Rick Evans, who also I think works for IMS in production, Rick Evans is a longtime yes. friend and has worked for Artistic Media Partners, I, I think forever. I don't know how many years it goes back. He needs like a Golden Lifetime Achievement Award at some point. <laughs> <laughs> like some big some big trophy made of solid gold saying holy hell how did you do this yes uh, well i guarantee you anybody that has worked that long for that organization would say exactly the same thing and rick rick evans is yes. one of the nicest yep. human beings you would ever run into I've never seen him mad i've never i mean i know he gets mad occasionally but i've never seen him mad and uh, he handles everything with such a plum. It's just amazing. And uh, he does a tremendous job for the IMS, uh, you know, the Indianapolis Sports mm -hmm. Network and, and what they do all year round with their racing and all that kind of stuff. And then he does the morning shows for artistic media and for WHCC, which is the radio station that's our affiliate in Bloomington. Uh, he does the morning show. And I'm on his Monday morning show all during football and basketball season, like I am with you during Yep. Uh, football and basketball with your show as well but uh and rick is just spectacular and yes. and he's done a couple of our talk shows this year too but he had to sub in for uh, one of our engineers that uh, couldn't make it so at any rate uh just a wonderful person and obviously has ran that radio station for many moons now and does a tremendous job he um he is one of the all-time greatest because he, he is perfect he does everything if you need yeah. him for anything, he can do it. And he's always been called upon in that capacity. There is nobody. You know this, too. Like, I, I can do this one thing, and if it's anything technical, I'm screwed. He knows how to do everything. I mean, everything that needs to keep you on the air or you know, keep a show going or keep a station going. And that is such an incredible high value. They have been lucky to have him all these years. Oh, there's no question about it. And uh, I, I guarantee you they know how lucky they are to have him, too, because he's done a phenomenal job in every capacity that he's had there. And I think he's had every capacity that there is to have. <laughs> yes, <too>. yes. <laughs> well, I was supposed to go uh, – uh, Joe Koppel, who works here, and I worked at B97 together. Well, he And, and then John Callahan, who was a longtime B97 guy, uh, right. They went and had breakfast at Uptown on Wednesday. I was supposed to go, but get this. So I had to go get my credential before noon to go to the Combine, and I was supposed to talk to Shane Steichen and, and Ian Rappaport, the reason why I was there. Steichen got sick and didn't make it, and Rappaport just basically walked out on me. So that was worth it. 
<laughs> what pull power you have, big boy. Oh, it was great. Yeah, I said, you just walked right out the door. I go, hey, where are you going? So all I've done all week is cuss the combine. That's it. I thought, I'm not going back. <laughs> I don't blame you. I, I'm not sure I want to see that anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, you, you know, and what you're thinking is exactly right. I will say this. For fans, if you want to go, for example, later on tonight and, you know, be a part of what they do, that is fun. Josh Downs of the Colts will be down there. That stuff is worth it for what I do in the time in the afternoon when basically there's nobody in there. It's not worth it. So that's yeah, that's the yeah. difference there. For the fans, it is worth it, and I can understand why it's fun. Sure, sure, absolutely. But but, but for broadcasters, no. not so much. You just walked right out, and you know, and I go back to the days where Adam Schefter and I got into it a couple of different times at the combine, and it's never it hasn't done my career a great deal of good ever. <laughs> <laughs> well. There are several things that uh, haunt yes. all of us, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yes. So that's that's certainly one of them. Hey, on the road, coming up on Sunday at 2 o'clock in Maryland, Hoosiers able to to follow up what I thought was an impressive win over Wisconsin and, and maybe have a more consistent overall effort on the road in Maryland Sunday? Well, that's what it's going to take. There's no question. Uh, Indiana's next two games are on the road at Mar- at Maryland, at Minnesota. Both of those teams have been victories this year when they played them at home. Uh, but both could be defeats if they don't play up to their capability. If they play like they did against Wisconsin this past week, they will win both those ball games because they have the better team, in my opinion. But obviously, this ball club has been very inconsistent. We talked about this at nauseum this year. Um, Xavier Johnson came back this last ball game, wasn't particularly effective, but I think just his presence helped. And his he's always better at the defensive end, I think, than he is at the offensive end because he gives you a guy that's quick enough, athletic enough to stay with the quickest guy in their ball club, which gives you an advantage in some respects, at least at the defensive end of the floor. And, uh, you know, he, he, you know, he bounced back after the Nebraska game, which was uh, back on January the 3rd, after sitting out a month and played horribly in that ball game. And the next game out against Ohio State, he played tremendous. He played, his, I think, his best game of the season, scored 18 points, uh, dished out assists, didn't turn the ball over. Um, and hopefully that's what's going to happen in this next ball game because he'll have a game under his belt now as he comes back against Maryland after the Wisconsin yeah, and where incredibly impressive to say the least. And oh, yeah. we need to talk about that double double. Certainly, I just I, I thought, and he mentioned this after the game too, that you guys got him the ball in comfortable positions to score, and it was it was a give or take there because he was he was scoring at a high volume and doing you know what you you expect him to do, but teammates were putting him in that position. Well, he had 20 points in the first half of the ball game, and then in the second half, he kind of disappeared for a while. They didn't get the ball to him nearly as much as I thought they would. You got to ride that horse as long mm. as he's standing up. Right. Uh, and and obviously, uh, the start of the second half. That's part of the reason I thought Wisconsin was able to get back in the ball game because they just weren't getting the ball to him as much as they did in the first half. Now, some of that might have been because of Wisconsin and the defense that they were playing at that point. Uh, that they got better at, but uh, he was such a tremendous uh, player in this contest. He had 27 points, 11 rebounds. That's his 12th double-double of the year. 
And, you know, for all we heard about, uh, you know, how he was not the guy when he was at Oregon and all that kind of stuff and how he didn't work hard and, and didn't play hard and all that kind of thing, can't say that about him this year. He has been one of their staples so far this season. So Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers, you going to our table tonight? Uh, probably not. Uh, not this evening. No. All right. Hey, QC Kinetics, we doing that still? Yeah, well, I, I've just done it the one time, and I've got to go back next Friday. That's my next appointment, and uh, things are going well at this juncture. Uh, those people have done a terrific job, I know, and for a lot of different people. Yes. And I've had more people come up to tell me that uh, they've, they've experienced that, and so I, I'm excited about it. I really am, and, and the knee is still not where it needs to be, but it's getting better. You're going to be playing golf until you're like 109. That'd be that'd be uh, probably. I don't think I'll be hundred nine. <laughs> that would be an astounding accomplishment, to say the least. Yes, I mean, that's what I'm thinking right there. But no, seriously, it does it does work. And and I for one, I've been through everything from surgeries to yeah, taking drugs all the time. Every single time you go out and play and lengthy rehabs, and um, this certainly has worked. It's, it's been an awesome, an awesome for me way to get back into it without doing the stuff I'd done prior. Absolutely. Uh, if you can avoid the knife, yep, <laughs> that is the key, key aspect of getting older. Avoid the knife at all costs. QC Kinetics <laughs> right there with uh, me and Don Fisher enjoying it, uh, certainly to this point. All right, well, Safe travels in that uh, 25, 26 minutes it takes to get to Bloomington and Monroe County Airport tomorrow when you get down there for that plane. <laughs> I appreciate it, John. Thanks we'll be uh, listening coming up on Sunday. Thanks, Don. You bet, bud. Voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher, and uh, QC Kinetics customer right there. Patient customer? I'm telling you what, it does work. It's worked for me. And you know me. Long enough. I've tried everything. And it's not like other things haven't worked either. I'm just at a point in my life where, as Don mentioned, I don't want to have to go under the knife. I think I've rotted my stomach out the way that it is with handfuls of, you know, pain meds to do this and to do that. And you know how I'd half ass a rehab. There's nobody that half asses a rehab more than I do, better than I do. So this has. This has been an incredible event for me. That's QC Connects. I'll probably tell you about it coming up a little bit later on before the end of the show. We do have Corbin. We do have Anything Goes coming up after 6, so be ready for that. We will get you set for a little Anything Goes on what has been a busy show so far on this Friday. It is a combine NFL-wise Friday night and a high school basketball sectional semifinal Friday night as well more to come and a busy show to this point triple a membership lounge via youtube live and your calls and more coming up at 239-1070 it's 93.5 and 107.5 the fan the ride with jmv can i buy you guys a drink guess not 93.5 and 107.5 the fan yeah i saw the news regarding uh, reds pitcher nick lodolo Oh, that's going to go. Injury-wise, 
Um, I did see this. Somebody had asked me because Joey Votto, the longtime future Hall of Famer and uh, former Redleg, is out there as a free agent right now. And somebody had asked me, so do you think the Reds are going to have any interest? Uh, the Reds, I do not think at all, will have any interest. That doesn't mean that other teams may have some interest for him. And, and I, th- I saw this, I think, from the Dan Patrick show earlier today where Votto had mentioned he has received 10 times the offers for media analyst jobs than baseball gigs to this point. He still wants to play baseball. He still wants to sign with a team somewhere. But 10 times the amount of media requests for a gig than that of baseball. And I think we all understand that that Votto is going to be awesome at doing that. Whenever he decides to fully step away, he is going to be outstanding in doing that. Whenever that might be. Yeah, I saw that regarding uh, Lodolo a little bit earlier today. As Reds fans... As Reds fans, you just kind of wait for junk. And that's where I I coined the phrase slept rockish. I guess that would be a word, not phrase, slept rockish uh, for Reds fans, of which I am one. But we're getting closer and closer to the start of the Major League Baseball season, the first official day of March today. And, uh, you know, the madness is on the way to regular seasons winding down. Yeah, you know, I mentioned IU on the road at two o'clock in Maryland coming up. That is on Sunday. Yeah, Boilermakers in Michigan State, Matthew Arena in West Lafayette coming up tomorrow night. My Sycamores, our Sycamores, four o'clock Sunday afternoon at home with a win over Murray State. They clinch outright the Missouri Valley Conference regular season. People also ask me all the time, so do you feel confident? at an at-large bid for Indiana State if they don't win the Mo Valley Conference Tournament, and I don't. And I, I said as much yesterday to Josh Schertz, the head coach, when he was on the show. And you know what? He says the same thing. You can't trust it. Now, for me, it's just committees in general, but you cannot trust it. And let's just face it, too. They had back-to-back games. Maybe the Southern Illinois game, certainly not as much as that Illinois State game at home. That's a stinger. Without that, I think there's more of a puncher's chance, even with that loss in Carbondale. The other thing that stood out to me yesterday, if you missed it, if you're a Sycamore fan, and if you're not, you better be. Better jump on the bandwagon right now because we are ready to load everybody up. When he was talking about Isaiah Swope and, you know, the the leg injury and what he's going through to prepare. You know, he mentioned yesterday they've modified his practice schedule so he is is ready for games. And, And that's what's tough. He was so good prior to that injury, so good. And then now he's dealing with that, and you can't and you don't feel like you felt when things were going so right. You're just talking about it from a production standpoint. It's one thing, but from a mental standpoint, I mentioned to Josh yesterday, that would prey on your mind. 
it'd be much tougher to have to deal with that and, and approach the day the game a little bit differently. You know, knowing that maybe you can't do, you can't get around that corner as easily as you did earlier this year. You know, you can't off the dribble get there as, as quicker. And, you know, you talk about modifying the practice schedule. You kind of got to modify your game. And that's that's been a reason you look at, you know, how his numbers have gone since that point in time where surgery is inevitable coming up after the season. But, man, so much is on the line right now. And he is going to tough that thing out. It's one thing, too, to say you're going to play through it and tough it out. And that is always admirable. But it's the other thing to go out and do that and then be called upon for those similar productive situations that, you know, because of the injury just simply may not be reasonable any longer. Makes it tough, and then everybody else kind of has to step up in the capacity. And you've seen Indiana State, it's not like they go deep into the bench. So, as I have said, win it to be in it. This is what I'm looking for right there. Indiana State, 4 o'clock coming up on Sunday. We'll look for you over there at the Holman Center with a win, and they will win it outright the Missouri Valley Conference, and it has been a fantastic season. It's been a great season for them, for that program, for the school, and it's been really cool to see everybody in and around Terre Haute. Indiana State fans around here get all jacked up about the basketball program. It is is good to see, and it also comes in a season where, when you think about it, IU, even with that win on Tuesday, they're down. The feelings down there. Butler, obviously, since that Creighton win, uh, they've circled the drain. You know, likely without Indiana State's presence or you know somebody running the table in a conference tournament here, the state of Indiana is going to be rep by one team, and that's Purdue. So it is a season if you're Indiana State to have, or I should say, the year to have this type of season. Without question. But interesting stuff there. Tyler writes this, JMV, thoughts on what it would look like if the Colts wanted to trade up for Marvin Harrison Jr. You know, it's funny, Tyler, I asked that of Mike Chappell, and it was kind of in jest yesterday because I know that it, they don't they don't have the inclination to try to do that. I don't even think they, as far as the price tag, I had said yesterday, Tyler, that they would actually, at 15, they would have to make, I think, a precursor type of deal to get further up in round number one, and then after that, cobble something together if they wanted to try to get Harrison. So that is like stratospherically far away from any of the thought process Chris Ballard would have. Now, I've been the first to tell you around here that his thought process should be adjusted. I just don't think it is going to adjust at all in that fashion, and that's why we haven't brought it up very much. In general, it doesn't make a lot of sense if they would try to do it, but then if you look at what it would actually take, and then you you know look who's the, the final decision, 
then it really doesn't make any sense. That's why today, early today, I hope there are red flags. Red flags all over it. Like I saw a guy from the Athletics say, well, you know what, with something like this, there's no way in the top eight that I would draft Marvin Harrison Jr. I was like, good. Good for you. Good for That would not affect me in the least. That guy catches everything. And we get to a time of year now at the combine and then moving up to the draft where everybody else around him starts to be as good, described as good. And I'm sorry, head and shoulders. I feel good about this. I was right about C.J. Stroud a year ago, and I'm going to be right about Marvin Harrison Jr. The impact that you can have early and often resides with him. And I mean impact. So, yeah, red flag that. As far as you can down the road. I can't believe he's not going to be in the top eight. Can you imagine? But again, if you're a Colts fan, yeah, the further down you go, you know, maybe that does spark an interest. If that's the case, I just can't imagine these guys that are all the smartest guys in every single football room. Some point, you get away from the analytics and all that crap, and you just go to what you have seen, and that's really all you have to do with him. Your eyes tell you all you need to know. Quick break, and we'll come back. Anything goes, top of the hour. More me, more of you inside the AAA Membership Lounge. That is via YouTube Live on a Friday. Again, anything goes, top of the hour. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. Can I buy you guys a drink? Guess not. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Corbin's over there. My name is John. Thank you. Top of the hour, we go to Anything Goes for about 20 minutes, so prepare for that. Uh, This not in the realm of sports right here, but anybody see the rescue video of the uh, semi-tractor trailer that went over the edge of the bridge? I believe the Second Street Bridge. If they call it the Clark Bridge, I'd have to ask Swebo exactly, since he would know, although he's in northern Kentucky, the side of the Ohio River where you have to swim across to actually get back into the state. But a semi-tractor trailer went over the side of that bridge, and the cab was just like dangling, maybe 100 or so feet above the Ohio River. And there is drone footage of a rescue operation. This happened earlier today. Again, down at the uh, Indiana-Kentucky line over the Ohio River of the rescue effort of the first responders. And it is absolutely incredible stuff. So if anybody deserves a shout-out today to pull the woman... Uh, the driver of that that truck out of the cab and then get her to safety all caught on camera, it's incredible stuff. And there's, I mean, there's never a time when you cross a, a bridge of that magnitude where you don't think, hey, I can't imagine. 
But first responders today out of uh, Louisville, that, that's incredible. Absolutely incredible. So if you haven't seen that, give that a watch. Give that a look at some point. Um, it is uh, It is something. And a lifesaver it was. For real. Just that the truck dangling there. It's just incredible. Really, describing it as compelling doesn't do it justice. BT writes this. Injuries already started for the Reds. I'm afraid Vado was done. Yeah, I saw that with Lodolo a little bit earlier. Yeah, hopefully this can be different. It is a talented team, as talented as anybody in the Central going in. It does not surprise me that Vado got a lot more offers as far as being a part of the media than anything else. Because once he decides to go that direction, it is going to be pretty darn good. At JMV, considering that Caitlin Clark is basically the Taylor Swift of women's sports, once she gets drafted by the fever, every business in the state that wants or needs national exposure should be offering her deals. Good for the state and good for her. And no doubt that is big news as of yesterday. And we talked about yet yesterday on the show. Incredible stuff. And now you see, I mean, you see the fever trying to take advantage. They are sending out links to season tickets like crazy. They are doing so far. They're doing so far what you need to do in that situation. No question about it. Pacers, Pelicans coming up later on tonight. 7.30 pregame show right here. That's an 8 o'clock start from New Orleans. Back on Wednesday night, Pacers get the win over the Pelicans. We'll see if they can make it two in a row. San Antonio on Sunday in San Antonio. If you saw Wimbayama last night, had a huge game and a win. Uh, I think cussed in front of everybody on TV and in front of everybody in San Antonio last night. It, it had a great response saying, you know, I'm just not used to the standards here. Now, standards are different evidently in France. But an incredible game for him last night against Oklahoma City. I believe they go New Orleans tonight. You get San Antonio Sunday and then Dallas and Dallas again next week. And then they come back on Thursday. And oh, by the way, uh, get the best in the West right now. And the Minnesota Timberwolves at Cambridge Fieldhouse. So when people say that the, the, the back half of this after the All-Star break, you know, is easy. Um, I mentioned this to Mike Wells a little bit earlier. You manage where you are because this is a tough stretch. They still have to go out west again with the Lakers, with uh, who else? With the Clippers out west again. You still got to go out west again. But the final eight, you look at the final eight and you hope that the Pacers put themselves in a position to really make that matter. Because that final eight, as I mentioned, starting with the Lakers at home, I think that's on March the 29th, that's when you can really put something together down the stretch to hopefully separate yourself from everybody else in and around you in the Eastern Conference and get out of that play-in scenario. Now look at the final eight, but you have to navigate well those games prior. 
Uh, you got a home and home still with OKC. Uh, Clippers, as I mentioned, you got some tough ones still to come. That final eight would be manageable. Uh, more on that, too. We got some anything goes coming up at the top of the hour. Until about 20 after we go, we'll get you to the last word with the Goreman and Matt Taylor. I'm assuming having a great deal of stuff from Radio Row at the Combine. 20 minutes of anything goes on a Friday. Do not go anywhere. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com.